wedding bells to bring us in. Last week. Sunday. No, actually, it was Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. We went to a wedding. Gregory and I got invited to a fucking wedding. Can you believe that? Not only that, but we were ushers. <laughs> we were allowed to pass programs. Oh, yeah, we were more like... Uh, we didn't actually usher people no, down. Yeah, we were glorified... Uh, uh, boy, I think we were doorman. told not to do that. Yeah. That was made very clear. Yeah, pretty much, yep. Yeah, Josh is like, yeah, I had to make yeah. sure uh, Grandma got to her spot. That was it. That was the one. We couldn't even handle that. I, I handled that. Seats ran out. I'm just saying. Well, seats ran out. Yes, that's true. We couldn't even handle that. Seats ran out. We were standing back. We couldn't hear any of Josh's. Uh, they were beautiful. I heard every I heard every word. Dead. Hopefully there was a, I will always do 30 Rack of Sports Val. I love you almost as much as this podcast I produce. Nah, she would have left. I always felt like it was like hanging by a wire anyway. If he made any comment like that, she'd been gone. Who's that a big old party? Ooh. <laughs> well, Wedding review, Greg. Wedding review. Pros, cons, what'd you love about it? Um, why we got John why we have Josh sitting here for his next wedding, uh, we can tell him what he can do better. Uh, pros, uh, happy to see our great friends so happy. Yeah, well, exactly. Love to see that. Love is love. As love much as to we see shit that. on him. I was glad he had a nice day where everybody... We had to be nice to him. Yeah, we, even we, we had to be nice to him. We weren't even mean to him once. We said we would save any cons for... Today. Today. Uh, first off, uh, 19 tables. Which table were we at? <laughs> Fucking 19. How, right how by close? the kitchen. How, right by the kitchen. How close? Yeah. Do you know how many times we almost got hit by the doors over there? Oh, a million times. Oh, my gosh. I got banged in the head. I have but a concussion. You think, but you, I took a concussion protocol, I'm lucky I'm here today. But you'd think with us right by the kitchen, we would be no. maybe get some food. No, we were the last table excused for food. Yeah. There was like just crumbs left at that point. Also, right. uh, mm. pros, band amazing. What was the name the of the band, Josh? Watch Frogs. And they're like a normal band that you can book? They are a normal, well, I don't know if they're a normal band. I mean, they, 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 they like you there, can book them? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They play shows everybody. around city, around yeah. the city. Yeah. We already booked them. You can find them uh, next year. They're going to be at the St. Jude Festival. Ooh. Uh, one of the Amazing band. Really fun. Side. I like the singer. He could do a lot. Like, his octave levels were great. He could do all, they did like a pretty wide range of yeah. music. Um, Unfortunately, uh, while listening to that music, we did not have cocktail straws for our drinks. We did not. You so, had to go on a journey to get those cocktails. I big balled it out, big dicked it, and walked upstairs. Uh, yeah, I went next door to the bar. You brought a pallet of cocktail straws a, back. I'll tell you what. No pal- less a than pallet. a thousand oh, cocktails. Oh, no, it was straws. like a whole thing. I walked upstairs. He looked very awkward walking back I down. Did, <laughs> while being escorted by the gentleman who manages the syndicate and gangsters uh, piano bar. He was shocked they didn't have straws down there. So yeah, I, I bought it out for the for the wifey. One night I look like a hero. I can't do a lot, but I went and got straws. So you got straws. Also got straws. Uh, big man. Big man on campus that night, trust me. Also, that paid dividends later. Another pro. Love the fact that there was some specific wedding beers. Also big yeah. craft beer guys here. Huge fan. Like so, the beer. Love to have great. a couple different ones oh. of those. Con I think the first drink that I got was a rum and coke. Went up the second time to get a specialty drink. Already sold out. I'm still recovering. So. Oh, I had a bad case. I think I had hangover, wedding hangover today and just a horrible case of the Mondays. I've just been in 
thank God we uh, hit some of those, uh, had some pre, pre-show seltzers. Really got the energy levels up. Some snow cones. I'm a little bit, now. a little bit of yeah. that, that like sugar rush. Yeah, I'm yeah. here now. We're going. Hey, and we got a whole lot to talk about, and a great beer to drink here on Thirty Rack of Sports. And welcome in to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. We're back after a nice little break, ready to go, ready to talk about what's been a wild September in Ohio for sports. A whole lot going on from, uh, what, river to shining river, I suppose, in the state of Ohio. River to shining like Jesus. Other. Some rivers up there. I mean, muddy, there's rivers everywhere, but muddy, come on, ah, come on, come muddy on. waters to burning river. Yeah, there you there go. There you go, muddy, yeah. Yeah. muddy waters to burning river. There you go. I'm gonna put on, on some the muddy lake. waters later. Some hogwash, <laughs> if you if you please, Ooh, down here. Bird. Yeah. So uh, we got a whole lot to talk about. A great beer to enjoy. But first, of course, as we start, we have the old man back, ready to give some takes. Got the hot takes ready to go. It's Zach. Zach, how you feeling today? Feeling good. The live, the live audience here is just real. You can't see it on TV, but there's a huge audience. Here. Huge audience. Tens, tens of people. As we're at the Moreland House, so. <laughs> hey, Mo. <laughs> yeah. This is the actual Tony and Mo football show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to my left, the newest married member of. Uh, of 30 Racket Sports, Josh. Thank you. Uh, some of us are just married to the game over here, at least for another You're life. You're trying for two, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Hey, you play the, you play the game a long time. It's to a get numbers a game for yeah. Gray. <laughs> Eventually it'll stick, I'm, maybe. I'm, I'm Peyton here, you know. I, I played the game for a long time, and I'm going <laughs> out with my got, ring. You got and, the one. Yeah. Look. Right, that was just, a call great... me the Car- just call me the Carolina Panthers. Lost a couple Super Bowls. We're, we're on <laughs> Jake DeLum over here. That was a great review you guys did, though. Very, very classy. Not too, not too. Uh, Kept I thought it clean. It, I thought, yeah, I thought it'd be a little more uh, harsh, but yeah, very classy. Wait well, we, we, we you guys respect, did a great we job. We respect of... your beautiful wife, Greta. So that, well, that's purely yes, why. Yes, uh, and great job. Uh, quasi ushering. Quasi, I, yeah. If you were. Well, you know, we provided the face on the wedding is the way I look exactly. at it. You were the, the first face. people the first that face. people saw were Greg and look, I's half drunk, terrified yeah. faces as the seats filled Look, up, it but. made everybody look a lot better <laughs> when you look at us as the first two people. And then you're like, everything else just looks a lot better. It's one of those things where you like you put on some goggles or whatever, everything looks blurry, and then you take them off, and you're we like, wow, I can see time. so clearly. Brooker showed up time. Our better halves did not. Did not show up on time burning about that still but we'll now i'll tell you my brothers before the ceremony uh I, I i got i was questioned as to why they did not have their boutonnieres oh on. yeah they came up and were like well we gotta find boutonnieres and, you know? and they were like why oh, would we be in charge of the boutonnieres <laughs> yeah, they, they, <laughs> i had no idea they had no idea had no idea what the play call was uh got to the line unprepared we had to call a brief timeout and <laughs> set up a new play they run a wild bootleg scramble across the street to the hotel uh, to where their boutonnieres were. Oh, mind, no. mind you, mind you, we're trying to get the playoff. We're, we're, we're at the end. We're at the wire here. You guys were right on time. Oh, yeah. We ended up being right on time. They hustled, man. Yeah. They, I thought you were going to have some Nathaniel Hackett, like, uh, you know. <laughs> 
Well, play now, calls in there. The the balls on clock them, though, management. I found out later that night that as they did that, running across streets in Newport's rings just in hand in palm oh, like oh. They, and and that's that's what you want in a best man kind of like in your running back you gotta have ball security and you ball know, security is job security I mean, yeah exactly uh, that's what they, said. And, and they, they they did a great that's job risky, man yeah yeah executed perfectly and then uh got got you know as they say that's why you make off your brothers your best men so Right down the post, or right down Broadway. Missed the post. No double doinks. No double double doinks. doinks. We're not in sleepy London town, but we will be talking a little football and football. Football, yeah. As we start to get towards some playoffs, and not just soccer, as decision day looms. I hope Herm's coming back. This Saturday. and Herm's, Herm's out there somewhere. <laughs> he's too, he's, he's free. He's not in physical form. You think he's, we can get him on the show? He's still surviving, but just too weak to carry on. Well, you know what they say. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. The two <laughs> Vegas... <laughs> but the, uh, the two Las Vegas Bowl coaches from last year, Herm Edwards and Paul Christ, uh, taking Saturdays off for the rest shocker. of the year. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we will be Black talking weekend. football, football, and a little bit of wild guard weekend. Can you can you believe we're talking so like a whole show? We're basically talking playoffs, playoffs, in, playoffs at the beginning of October. Yep. I don't know if we've ever had the chance. Have we had the chance to talk playoffs like this, baseball wise and soccer wise, at such capacity? I uh, know. Uh, and hey, at least this early in the season, Browns and Bengals tied at the top of the division right That's now. Right. So look at that. Cincinnati three-way action going there in the AFC North. We both have wins over teams. Whether or not both of us have both teams have played good quarterbacks is debatable. None. Uh, but you know, Greg, we've kept it clean though. No Percocets or u- ukulele drugs or Ayahuasca. I, yeah, thank you. Aaron uh, and Rogers. I've no no ivermectin up the butt. Nothing Ooh. like that. He probably did. So You know what's a little bit better, though, than ivermectin up the butt? A good beer down the gullet, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. Fellas, our beer of the week comes from just outside the city of Cleveland, actually Ohio City. Ooh, ooh. Uh, it comes from... Actually, a a brewery that's gone all over the state. Columbus, Cleveland, all the way as north as one of Zach's favorite states, Michigan, up into Detroit. Uh, it is Saucy Brew Works and their Juicy ASAP American IPA. It is a 6.5 ABV, uh, as we said, American IPA. Nice little ip up. Um... It's good. It's solid. I like it. Uh, um, for a juicy... Ooh, double O uh there. Nice, nice, uh, nice there. Uh, I mean, no, it, it's... It's definitely juicy. You can just... you can just, I haven't even taken a sip yet. You can just tell off the pour and oh, off the yeah. color of the haze. It's going to be a very juicy beverage. It's good. I'll admit, I apologize. I did not want to bring another IPA into this. We do, we do way too many to the point where I think we can't give great reviews anymore unless it's something like way out of left field. We actually covered this. I, I don't believe you were here. No, you uh, were not. And not listening, which is fine. But we, we did it. <laughs> I don't listen. We did, a, we did a full breakdown of all of the 
I, I I think I'm going off the cuff here. I'm trying to pull it up, but I believe this will be our 32nd. Yeah, we're, we're about, overall of all variations of IPAs. Yeah, I we're about one third IPAs because we did a we did a heffy the last time, we're and it only, was only it was only like the we're third only heffy. Did a third, I would have guessed. Oh yeah, 50. we did 13 below last time, and it was a yeah. wheat, it was a wheat beer. I would have guessed over 50 percent. Okay, no, um, not that bad. I mean, well, it, it's good. It's solid. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I will say, as far as... I will admit, I'm slightly sick, so I can't get a full... Uh, I think it's got that that great... I mean, the great, as you mentioned, the juicy flavor. Kind of got that fruity flavor. Not overwhelming with the hops. So, maybe why, if you don't have the full full flavor palette at your disposal being sick, you don't get the full hops to it. But I would say... You know, a, a pretty solid IPA. I wouldn't say anything that um, exactly jumps off the page at you. But uh, overall, I would say a, a pretty solid IPA. Uh, I know Saucy Brew Works is a place that we've had uh, a couple times. We've had their their baseball beer. So uh, a, a great brewery, as we mentioned, uh, you know, all around the uh, the state. Columbus. Ohio City, Orange, Ohio, oh, I which is apparently a place. I do not believe we have had them on. I don't think we have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I was we, pretty confident. We, we... I just, I just, I finally found it. Oh, uh, okay. And this is only our second IPA in the past six shows. Oh, so right. everybody, calm down. <laughs> I will not. First out, uh, we'll get a we got a dark beer in the chamber here, but uh. Yeah, saucy. We have we talked about doing it once back when they did that, uh, like the fridge give the mini fridge yeah, giveaway yeah. for uh, baseball. Season. Oh, they had like, the baseball beer. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And we were trying yeah, to get that out there. Yeah, you fucking said we did the goddamn beer, and we never. I thought we did. We yeah, we, we, we were talking about it and never could get our hands <sighs> on. Oh, it new, was stealing. We need a new host. Stealing signs that we were trying to get. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I doesn't remember shit. I actually really like this though. I really like the. I'm trying to pull it, uh, pull it up off their website to see if they have any like real details about it, Tro- other than tropical, citrusy, and most certainly juicy. And I think, uh, yeah, it's most certainly juicy. But I actually really like the hot profile on it and has a nice bite to it while still being kind of fruity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also are releasing a couple different variations of it. Oh. Uh, they are releasing a hazy edition, which uh, will. Give some like uh, peach and stone fruit variations, and then a fruited IPA and a super juiced, a juiced edition, juicy ASAP, both coming soon. Wow! So uh, a couple different variations of the juicy ASAP. This one, kind of your standard edition. So uh, I guess they they also agree that it's kind of their their standard IPA, and they're looking to go a little bit wilding with it here in the future, so uh, be on the lookout for some new variations of uh, Juicy ASAP by Saucy Brew Works. <laughs> Guys, we are in to the thick of things in college football. Uh, a strong September, uh, a fun September, I would say. A lot of movement in the uh, in the college football rankings. You know, some teams like Kansas coming out of nowhere. Some teams like Texas A and M just falling uh, off the proverbial cliff 
Uh, that that's, and that's just what Jim. That's what nine million and a ninety was a ninety-three million dollar buyout gets you. Yeah, that's uh, almost six Paul Christs. Yeah, exactly. We'll get you. Uh, we'll get you a Jimbo Fisher, <laughs> who also uh, make you put a hundred million dollars in for those recruits. But looking at the top, not a whole lot of movement based on what you've seen. Some of the top schools have had some scares. Obviously, Alabama with Texas. Uh, Georgia, just this past week, uh, taking a late, late touchdown drive to yeah. get past the Missouri Tigers. But one of the teams that has played, I would say, pretty solid, really their only close-ish game being a double-digit win over, at the time, number 5 Notre Dame, the Ohio State Buckeyes, Zach, through five games, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two conference games, uh, just over a month of football, almost halfway through the regular season. How are you feeling about this Buckeye team? I feel great um, because there's no storyline right now. There's nothing. I mean, I thought against Rutgers, the offense as typical Ryan Day-ish got way too goofy, and they still won by 39 goddamn points. Instead of just handing the ball off, Stroud... Not real concerned about it. I mean, he's two weeks in a row, looked a little bit off, throwing the football. Um, I think they'll get that figured out. Yeah, I mean, I feel good. The defense looks good. I think it's continuing to improve. Uh, the linebacker play with Eichenberg, especially, is just carrying the defense. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel good. Like, they've taken care of business. <clears throat> it's and, a bummer the Notre well, Dame game doesn't well, count for what it should be, but, like, yeah. And yeah. then there are folks out there that – you know, participate in less than uh, acceptable. Uh, well, we'll be acceptable here in uh, three months. And if you got a certain, certain, certain line at the kickoff, then I don't know if they're taking care of business necessarily this season. But oh my god, I don't give a shit what the casinos think. You fucking addicts. Ah, plenty of people do though. Call one eight hundred. I've got a fucking problem. Uh, it's called gambling 1-800, addicts. One eight hundred gambling. One eight hundred gambler or one eight hundred four with it. They've taken care of fine with it. One eight hundred. Just a few more weeks till January. They've taken. <laughs> they've taken care of business. I mean, it's been pretty clear cut. None of these games have been close outside the Notre Dame game. And part of that was, you know, JSN was hurt. The whole offense was built around that going into that game. What they did in the second half, they adjusted. They ran the ball. It really wasn't that close. And if you look, I mean, going into their schedule, going forward. I mean, they have, you know, obviously seven conference games. Some of the potential, I would say, potential trip-up points that we were looking at to start the season are very much even less so. Yeah. Uh, the trip next week to Michigan State, Michigan State's been awful. Atrocious. Uh, be Iowa does not know how to play offense. And they're coming. I mean, if it was in Kinnick, I'd be a little worried. It's not. So I mean, uh, you know, obviously, do have the Penn State game. Northwestern. Well, here's the problem with Penn State game. Can you believe this? For the first time, Ohio State and Penn State always plays around Halloween, which I always think makes the game super fun. They always play at night, right? They play like on Halloween or, you know, depending on that Saturday before. Super fun. I'm actually pissed. As Usually the whiteout fan game. Because it's always a night game around Halloween, and it's always a whiteout. And this year, Penn like, we're going to make like a noon game. We're not going to do a whiteout. Like, you ruin the entire thing. So, yeah, I think Ohio State is going to whoop their ass. But I'm, like, bummed as an Ohio State fan because – Honestly, I love that tradition. I thought that was so much fun that we always oh, play yeah. the night game right before Halloween. They play the same time every year. It's kind of like the Michigan, because honestly, outside of last year, I always say Michigan's the biggest rival. But, I mean, outside of last year, for me growing up, 
It was really Penn State. They've generally ruined more seasons, but Denver, Michigan State. <clears throat> yeah, that, yeah, that's what I mean. But that's what I mean. Yeah, boys. But Penn State went to ruin it as usual. So yeah, and I mean, I'm not again, worried about that. And then they played Northwestern, who's been an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> they Indiana, Indiana, who lost to Nebraska. Maryland, Maryland will be interesting. Yeah, a week before, and then they, uh, you know, are gonna fucking murder. Jim Harbaugh and everybody, so you know. I'm just fun. I'm very curious to see that game with both the schools having really I mean, aside from the Penn State game and maybe one other, you know, traditional Big Ten trap game, you know, you go you go like another month, almost almost a full two months without really any sort of a challenge, and then you get to that big of a game in a year where the stakes are, and there's been plenty of years where the stakes have been this big right. before, but, you know, it's just very, like, do you worry who will be prepared for that kind of situation? They're playing the same schedule. Oh, for, both, for both sides, yeah, that's what I mean. They're playing the same schedule, and it's not the really a great schedule. And honestly, I mean, Ohio State's played a tougher non-con. I mean, Michigan played one of the worst non oh, they in the play. country. It's a joke of what they played. Um, if you're playing UConn, I don't care who you are or what other teams you're playing. Yeah. If you're playing UConn right now and you're... UConn, uh, UConn's not even the worst Hawaii. team. Oh, no, they yeah. played Hawaii, who just... Vac- like Their whole team left like a week before the season. Yeah. Still not much. the worst team that they played. No, because then they played... Uh, Colorado State. Colorado yeah. State. Colo- there are two winless teams right now in FBS. Colorado and Colorado State. <laughs> and they let Colorado State score one touchdown. What a bunch of frauds, Michigan. What a bunch of frauds up north. I'm just saying, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm not that concerned about it. Ohio State's pissed. You know, Michigan couldn't win with class for once. Like, they literally won and then were like, we're going to give you a bunch of bulletin board material for next year and call you a bunch of pussies, say your coach is a fraud. Like, they did that right after the game. And I remember I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, cool. That'll be fun for next year when we literally murder you there and some, bury uh, you and probably burn down. Your, we'll, we'll drive north. We'll take care, man. I'm going to burn your There are some now. words at the end of this game I saw. Uh, Oceano? Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought yeah, was Jesse kinda... Mirko. That was not a called fuck. He, he, he read no, it. Yeah, if you, he's yeah, an if Aussie. You... He doesn't know how, you know, in America we take it easy on people when you're up there. Well, yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, they're going to they're gonna load right. I'm yeah. going to just... I mean, it was like, why you wouldn't know, you? I think they worked it out. I think everything's good. I mean, I get Shiano's reaction to it, but yeah, it wasn't called. Did they not watch tape on Shiano's teams coming in? I feel like that's a real negligence against Brian Day because you could have lost some kneecaps at the end of the game <laughs> there if you don't. I mean, fair. Well, from Columbus to Columbus and Cincinnati also, uh, we go from some football to some football as we start a little bit more playoff talk. Uh, we're down to the thick of things. It's decision week uh, Saturday, at least at 2.30 for the Eastern Conferences. Decision, decision day. Uh, top seven teams get into the playoffs. Right now, FC Cincinnati, 46 points, sitting in fifth place. They are in a win-and-you're-in scenario for their last game. Columbus has two games left, along with Orlando and Inter-Miami. They are at 45 points. And although their goal differential is better, I found out this week that the tiebreaker after points is actually wins. So since they are 10, 15, and 7, they lose out to 13, 6, and 13. So uh, this week, 
uh, number eight Columbus plays the nine seed hanging by a thread with their playoff hopes. Uh, Charlotte FC was four points back and would need two wins to even get into the playoff conversation. And then they play an Orlando City team who uh, has to play the seven and the eight seed, uh, seven seed in Miami during the middle of the week and Columbus on decision day. Uh, FC Cincinnati just has to beat the team that they are finally passing the wooden spoon to after four years in the league, DC United, this week. So, Josh, we'll start with you on the FC Cincinnati side. Win and you're in. Obviously a disappointing result last week, but you just need to win. If you lose this game, there's a ton of things that could happen. They're once again in that weird area where if Orlando and Inter-Miami get to 46 points, they could fall behind them because of wins but you're also playing the worst team in the league and at least should be able to get a point, probably a win and end. You, you would think that you would think that, but uh, how, how FC Cincinnati would it be though, to not make the playoffs because you couldn't beat the team that you're finally handing the wooden spoon to. I mean, that would be exceedingly Cincinnati. Right. Uh, And after uh, their performance on Saturday, I have a little less confidence in them to pull this off. I mean, you look at the teams they've played and had chances uh, to beat in the past week. At Seattle is tough. At Seattle is a tough game, and Seattle is in desperation mode as they were trying to not make the playoffs for the first time in their uh, long, MLS long uh, history. And Which the, is like 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then you had this week the Chicago Fire, who have also been eliminated from playoff contention in the East. Well, they're bad except for their goalie, who's yeah. like 17, but he's really good. Uh, well, he was he was out, and Ugh. so it was former FC Cincinnati goalie Spencer Ritchie who was in goal for them uh, this this weekend. But it was just a bad. I mean, everywhere you went in that stadium, everyone was stunned at how bad they looked and how just very unorganized, sloppy, and no sense of urgency on a night where they could have clinched a spot at home against one of the worst teams in the East. I think the the one review I heard of the game was. Uh, bad football or soccer, uh, cold conditions, crappy fireworks, and then like someone was handing out food, but it was apparently awful at the same time. Yes. So, uh, yeah, not a, not a, a great night. night at, uh, what a TQL, TQL, TQL for, for Emphasis the, who on, is for named. The Emphasis on the L. The best venue. It was named the in best the world. Venue. It did not soccer. feel like that. Yeah, there was, it left a bad taste in your mouth, uh, leaving the stadium because, you know, it was the final home game. You had a chance to clinch at home. You didn't. A lot of your best guys had poor performances. And then there was also the whole, I, Quit throwing things at players, man. Don't throw shit on the field. Wait, like, what? yeah, yeah, they've oh, had yeah. that a couple times. I mean, the they they threw. Now, things. I will say, I will say, the officials had no control of this game at all. Like, it was violent on the field, and it that reached a, a point to where there was there was a bit of a fight. Uh, Sergio Santos did, uh, b- I believe, uh, hook someone right in the face and got a red card for it. Uh, about five minutes after being brought in from the bench. So it was just, yeah, it was like ugly scenes on the pitch, bad performance, ugly scenes on the pitch, ugly scenes from fans. It but just, but here's like, the thing. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. This is the second time this has happened. The crew took it in stride, did discounted beers because they were throwing beers at one of the players. Yeah. 
classy move by Columbus, but uh, and took care of business. Happens this twice. Uh, big win for Columbus. Uh, so uh, Zach and I were hanging out this weekend, watching a little bit of football. Yeah. Uh, I had the crew game on my phone. I was a I was a little depressed. I thought they were about to be eliminated, down one nothing late, but then Derek Etienne, eighty ninth minute. And then in stoppage time gets the goal. Frankie Amaya, some former former FC Cincinnati guys, Frankie Amaya getting the first goal for New York. But Columbus gets the win they needed. Now tied on points with uh, Orlando and Inter-Miami who play on Wednesday. They play a, as I mentioned, a desperate Charlotte team. If they can get a win against a Charlotte team that's probably going to be going full bore because they need wins. You know they'll have they'll be in a pretty solid driver's seat against an Orlando team where it could just be one of those you kick the ball around for a little bit, both teams take the one point and and you get out of dodge. So slightly worried about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm super excited if that's the case. But you know, looking forward, you do have two road games in the year in Charlotte and in Orlando. So is a big worry there. Also, the fact that I thought the first tiebreaker was wins or uh, was goal differential and not uh, wins, which is how it normally is in basically every other league. So that's a little bit worrisome, but I still think they've got some momentum now. You know, the two teams in front of them have to play each other, which could signal, I, I think hopefully... that's a big thing for yeah. both the Ohio clubs here is that Miami and Orlando... FC Cincinnati doesn't have the midweek match. Basically, everyone else in this scenario does. And Miami and Orlando play each other on Wednesday night. Uh, I think they are half an hour after kickoff-wise, after Columbus and Charlotte. But uh, yeah, but the the four teams right behind. Yeah, so you're gonna Cincinnati. there's gonna be some scoreboard watching, and I would imagine Columbus after their match will be uh be watching the scoreboard to see what'll happen in this Orlando versus Miami match because that should that should take care of itself. But like like you said, this is not every other soccer league in in the world, and literally anything can happen. I've seen it, so it's made me upset. Uh. I mean, as we mentioned, looking at the standings right now, before we get to uh, some more beer, our final word, uh, we'll do a little bit more of a, 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 at least a percent, or I guess a prediction game. Um, Saturday at, I would say about 4.30 rolls around, 4.45. Uh, Cincinnati in the playoffs, yes or no. Columbus in the playoffs, yes or no. And if you want to give roughly where they'll be seated, because... That also, you know, would make a difference. It's, uh, it's Sunday. Or yeah. is it Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday. That's, oh, okay. That's the worst part about this God, is Greg, that MLS you come MLS did this uh, last year, too, or two years ago, I think, where they had uh, Decision Day on a Sunday uh, mid-afternoon. So, I mean, luckily, I'm telling you, man, if you're, if you're in the DMV area, get yourself some tickets to FC Cincinnati DC United at 2 o'clock in the Capitol in Washington, D.C., Make the hour drive that night and go see Ravens Bengals. If you got the money and the patience for all God, that. God, I didn't think MLS would be that stupid, but here I am just, MLS just being surprised. MLS definitely again. is that stupid. All right, so hopefully next week we're talking about two MLS teams in the playoffs and maybe some more baseball. 
for a team in the AL. But first, uh, guys, let's get to some more beer. Schoolboy from Beer Advocate on our juicy ASAP from Saucy Brew Works. My dealer, Savion in Mentor, Ohio. Hey, your mentor, you need an ounce, hit up Savion. Has had so many fresh new products lately, it is impossible for me to get anything but sample a small portion. I picked this new, new to me, brew because of great experiences with Saucy Brews in the past. This sample is not super fresh, but under two months old. It pours a slightly dirty yellow, slightly hazy with a good head and lacing. The aroma is delicious, hoppy smell, but nothing funky, bro. The taste sets up as this is not quite New Englandy, and that's a relief. It has nice bitter undertone and plenty of sharper hops and malt. This is a very drinkable AIPA. Not too strong, nothing too nasty like New England hazy. It should complement food okay too, though. Recommend another good brew from Saucy Bro. That's that's uh, this guy I think hates one of the Boston. best one. <laughs> this guy hates Boston. <laughs> and poor Savion, bro. You better change your name. <laughs> They're on oh, the lookout man. for you and mentor. Also, a two month old beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's getting he's getting the back of he's Savion's dealer. Truck. Either he's got a beer dealer. And we need to talk about that differently. Where that's his weed dealer. Who's like, I got these two month old beers. Yeah, what is he? Or he's a weird guy that just calls like the gas station attendant. He's He's one of those guys that like thinks the gas station at the Seven Eleven on West Twelfth Street. It's from mentor. He thinks he's like a good friend, but really he just kind of gives small talk because he has to be. He's originally from Southeast Ohio, kind of that West Virginia style of uh, bootlegging it and getting your prohibition guys around in his Buick, popping the trunk. That's good though. Got six cold ones. Can you saucy right here? Can you explain to me what a dirty yellow is? <laughs> I don't know what not too New England New Englandly meant. It sounded almost racist. If like we when all you've knew been, everybody when was you've been drinking white all day at a game and you haven't had any water like all weekend, and then you go to piss for the like first time in hours, that dirty yellow. Oh, okay, <laughs> like almost but, gold, but yeah, it's like brown. At yeah, the same he, time. he brought up twice because like New England IPAs, they they do kind of have that like Hazy, cloudy yeah. color. And but this guy must hate. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't taste like a New England IPA, but it's not like not even close. I do say it's not like super far off, I guess. But it it, it there yeah, are I mean, distinctions. There though. are definitely distinctions there. But this guy acts like he New England IPA is basically Malort. Yeah, he went out of his way to two different times twice to be like Boston is a shit hole and I hope everybody dies and burns. He's like, there. I would drink this with some food, but. If you give me a New England IPA, I you might as well jump off a cliff. Chowder, I'll burn this town I like the first note where he said it's not. What did he say? It's not New Englandy. <laughs> it's not New Englandy. Yeah, it, it does Do not taste like, any lobster. It has that. it has more of the the bitter the upfront like bitter punch to it, and not as much of the kind of. Uh, Oh yeah, soakable juiciness of the fruit and everything that you get in the New I England think it IPA. Was I think that's beer. its distinction. But I, I would still drink it with food, hey, or I would drink a New England IPA with hey, food. Hey, on if you're hear me out, you're in Cincinnati. I could, I could use like an ounce. Prefer a sativa or hybrid, but you know whatever you got, bro. Uh, All right, well, to the can. <laughs> uh, I do like the like semi truck with the giant hop yeah. in the back. 
Yeah, uh, but, and the giant flower. It does. I do like the script on it. I mean, Saucy Brew Works usually has some nice can designs. It's a nice clean can design. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like. Uh, it's very saucy. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's anything like super overwhelming like some of the other designs. They do have but, some wild uh, stuff, yeah. You know, I would Design-wise. say it's just a solid design. It's one of those things where I think you look at it, you see Saucy Brew Works, you see a juicy IPA, you see the big hop there, and it pretty much, you get what you look at. Yeah. You know what I mean? You look at it and you're like, this is going to be a juicy, hoppy beer. That's what it is. Guys, it's finally here. After six long months, after a lockout getting taken off, after a, what, 3-21 and 21 start by one of the teams in Ohio... Um, for both the teams in Ohio and for all the teams in MLB, the season's over. For one, mercifully, after a season where it looks like uh, one team is skyrocketing towards 100 losses, while the other is going to be the three seed in the MLB playoffs. The Your AL Central champions, the Cleveland Guardians. Go! The youngest, the youngest team in the league by far, both pitchers and hitters. Right now, their average age, I believe, at least a month ago, and they've even gotten younger since then, would have put them, I believe, in the bottom, in the bottom third. If they were a AAA team, they would be the youngest AAA team. No. Yes, yes, they would be the youngest AAA team. I don't believe that. No, that that's a fucking thing, man. I, there are plenty of. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. This is a great. This is a great intro to this segment because there are going to be so many things that we throw out there that you're just like, no, that's not true. Yeah, exactly. That's not true. I mean, they're, they're and the I, youngest team. I told you at the beginning of the season. You said no, not this year. We'll see. I told you that they had it all there. They have such. Okay. I, I you think didn't know so, Stephen Kwan was going to do what he was going to. No, but but look, I think, and this is what you Greg did, was. You did, this you is did. what Greg. I didn't. But Greg, this is what he was saying at the beginning of this segment with that argument that he had on Twitter. As a it's Cleveland just that fan. You, look, you look at the way they've built that roster, and not just the roster, but the farm system. They have so many really good arms under club control that arms, have given man. them so much That's flexibility. That's what they do everywhere. The it's... lineup, the offensive, the the offense is what's unexpected. Well, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, They've been building those arms for a while, a, and you're seeing the payoff. What a year. What a, what a year. I will say that. Yes, yeah, Josh was a little higher, for sure. None of us picked them, though, to win 90 games and win the division, no, though. No, 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 no. And I think you, you look at it, and you expected the Twins, who even went fully in, to maybe be decent. I mean, they, you know, they got Correa. You expected the White Sox, who had every advantage in the books except for Manager. You know, the guy falling asleep before the first inning. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, the White Sox never really kicked it into gear. I mean, they were, I, they were until recently, Dude, I feel like they were I've within. I've never seen a team, and if anybody w- listens to the Tribe Games and listens to Tom Hamilton, I think best play-by-play guy in baseball, uh, radio-wise. I mean, he hammers them. I and mean, he's just like, I've never seen a team who just didn't give a shit. I mean, they were lazy. They jogged everything. Like, those guys didn't care. Um, they look like, I mean, if you watch them play the Guardians, I mean, they're more talented than the Guardians in a lot of ways, but you, 
the Guardians, they do the little things right. I never... What I love about this team is... And that's, the, I think, a big... No one's talking about this, but we had Ty Van Berkelo as the hitting coach. Then Francona's been there in 2013. They finally got rid of him. They hired a young guy named Chris Valeka from the Cubs. Yeah, he's a first base coach for a while. Yeah, but he's now the hitting coach. What an amazing job. I mean, what an amazing job he's done. I mean, he, you know... Um, Tito said it a hundred times. He's the one who looked at this lineup, spent all winter, you know, even with the lockout, he couldn't talk to these guys, but he's like, here's what we have. We have guys who can hustle, who can run, put the ball in play. That's what we're going to do. He doesn't talk about launch angles. He doesn't talk about hitting home runs. He's like, we're going to put the ball in play. We're going to work at bats. We're going to make the pitchers work. Guys are going to hustle every ball out. And it starts with Hosey. Hosey does that every time. A superstar. Runs every ball out. Mod Rosario, it follows all down the line. Those guys run most infield singles in baseball um, by a lot. They're the best base running team in baseball, one of the top defensive teams, and they, I don't say it's an argument. I, they have the best back end of the bullpen in baseball. What do they like? They do lack some things. They lack power. They're uh, second to last in home runs. Um, you know, Hosey's leading the league in doubles, probably again. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like I look at that as that you can look at that as a, as a weakness, but you can also say like this team's won 90 games. They're oh, yeah. second to last in home runs, but, but this is what their offense can string together. I think that speaks more to your overall lineup that yeah. you've s- structured. Well, you know, I mean, you look me. at, you look at the top eight teams in home runs and, uh, you know, all eight of them, Depending on if the Phillies make it, we'll make it to the we'll make it to the playoffs. Uh, the top team, you know, two hundred and forty six has almost double. The Yankees have almost double the home runs that the Guardians have. But you look at those teams that are able to do more with less. Once again, you look at a potential um, opponent, uh, a probably a likely opponent, I would say at this point, just based on standings, with three games left. The Tampa Bay Rays, they're yep. 25th in home runs. The Guardians are 29th in home runs. You know, a lot of the teams near the bottom. I mean, the White Sox are only 22nd. They only have 20 more home runs, roughly. So, you know, obviously power is in everything, but you look at things like, you know, doubles, they're up there. Things like, you know, triples, walks, triples. not striking out a whole bunch. Yeah. I mean, you look at them, they're 30th in the league by 50 strikeouts right? of and, most strikeouts. And you look at like... And they would be less because that's actually yeah. counting Fran Mill. So if you take Fran Mill out, who they DFA'd, they would be... I think they're, over, they're about 1,000, 1,100 strikeouts. They would actually probably almost be under like 900 strikeouts. Yeah. They're uh, third in the league, first of any playoff team in stolen bases. Mm-hmm. And I mean... average and, and average, they're... Right up there. I mean, you know what they remind me of? They remind 10. me of the 14-15 Royals. Did the same thing, right? Excellent defense, okay starting pitching, great bullpen. They hit. They were small ball though, right? Yeah, but they yeah. hit. They took extra base hits. They didn't strike out. Gordon, Newstockers, they were a pain in the ass. That's why this year, I I think any Guardians fan, you should expect them to get a wild card. You should hope they get a wild card. After that, it's balls of the walls, anything's just a blessing after that point, but 
Yeah, right now, I mean, I, I don't I think, think it's any of the matchups in. look good, but they're a team that. I mean, I thought Rocco Badelli said it great after the Guardians wiped out the the Twins in that weird five game set. Night, like they played like eight nine games in like twelve days. And I hate Rocco Badelli; he's an asshole. But I mean, he said it best. He said, "Why would anybody want to play these guys?" He's like, "You can't relax these guys. Every guy gets on base." They're ready to move. They're they're taking extra bases. They're they're jumping all over the place. He's like, you know, they play excellent defense. Yeah, they're going like, to make big – the other thing is they make like – Stephen Kwan has made some huge plays on defense. Obviously, oh, yeah. you know – They have three Jim, gold glovers right yeah, now. Yeah, Jimenez, Jimenez has made unbelievable plays at second base. Obviously, Hosey's great. Ahmad's great. I mean, you look I mean, at them – You think of Miles Straw, who's got a lot of shit for his offense. He's, he's going to win gold glove in yeah. the center field. Um, and then you have uh, a rotation of guys that you can almost ride the hot hand in right field. Yeah, they only need three of them, and that's great because two of them are hurt, so they're going to throw them in the bullpen. And then you got Classe, who's the best closer in baseball right now, James Karinicek, who would be the best closer on any other team in baseball, You know Tyler Steffen. Um, you're going to throw Cody Morris out there, who's a young kid. Who's got elite stuff? There's 97, 98 when he's coming. Pitching out right now as we speak. Yeah. Um. Here's my thing. Just gave up the, gave up the lead. But go ahead. Yeah, but it's against the Royals uh, yeah, in the game. No, it doesn't uh, matter. Do I, I do I expect them? Any like I said, I I I think Guardians fans have a right to expect we get out of the wild card round. After that, then then you would right now it is set in stone. You know, right now first round not totally. Probably Tampa. Uh, Seattle has a game and a half lead. If they would get out, second round would definitely be against the New York yeah, Yankees. Yeah. First round, though, you would have all three rounds at progressive. I like their ability or two, depending. to cause issues for some of these teams. I do think the offense is a little lacking at times and could be an issue. That's why I'm thinking wild card round. Maybe you push it to five games against the Yankees. I love that. I think that's great. And it's a huge boost when this is supposed to be a rebuild, right? Quotation marks. I mean, you're getting these guys. What what a bonus, <clears throat> right? You won the division. Now you're getting all these young guys who are like 20 playoff at bats. They're going to have experience no matter what happens. Next year, it's just supercharged. Now and, and, <clears throat> they'll have money to spend next year. And you look at the rest of the, the division. You know, Bray, you might be gone next year for the White Sox. They're getting a lot older in a they lot of positions. Quick. Yeah. And then you have the twins who kind of went all in for this year. They have a couple, you know, Mally's gone after this year, one of their free agent acquisitions. I mean, one of the guys they sold a lot of their, their prospects oh, yeah. for, uh, you know, Correa could opt out after this mm-hmm. year. And you just kind of look down the gun and you go, you know, the, the Royals and the Tigers were supposed to get jump started. They don't look like they're going anywhere yeah. quick. So you could look at a team that, you know, could be in, either this position or with a weak division, you know, a chance to get a buy for the next two or three years at least. What they did is what, Josh, hey. your Reds finally need to fucking do is, I mean, like the way they built this, I'm going to call it a program. Oh, That's yeah, what the man. Guardians did. They uh, do yeah. a program. I've been preaching this to I everybody. I mean, Antonetti came out in the winter meetings. I remember reading the article, and I was like, you're full of shit, right? He's spinning it, right? We're not going to sign anybody. We're going to ride the young guys. It's not a rebuild. It's a reload. 
I mean, he what was they're they're fucking right. I was just their biggest. About that this uh, weekend. I was yeah. just saying that the Reds need to because someone was knocking like, oh, we're in another rebuild, and I was like, we have to rebuild correctly though. Yeah. Look at what Cleveland, and I always go back. Look at what Cleveland's doing. It's such a they, an amazing thing. Um, you know, and I love what the Cavs have done. Like, Cleveland is lucky outside of, no offense to the Browns, I think what they've done is really <laughs> shot themselves in the foot. But I think what the Cavs have done, too, is they did a, they did a very smart, aggressive rebuild. I mean, here's the thing with Cleveland. And you look at club control. You look at, yeah. you look at Atlanta. Atlanta's the only other, like, at, at the top yeah. level of baseball that I can think of right now that is similar to what Cleveland has oh, built. Yeah. Where they have now, they're, they're at the apex of it. Where they have now locked a Guys whole in. roster, a whole lineup for sure. Up it, for but here's for the so thing long. with Cleveland too, though. Talent. You're thinking what they have now, dude. They've got a boatload of top high-end prospects waiting. Like they don't even have. They have like a boatload of guys waiting to come up who are high-end I mean. prospects. The depth is Still, unreal that they've created. You look at, go ahead, go ahead. Greg. You look at their their offseason moves as you mentioned. They spent less than four million dollars yeah. and. Three of those four were was re-signing a guy that they just DFA'd in Brian Chaw. They yeah. signed a relief pitcher for three million dollars and a backup catcher for nine hundred thousand dollars. Bailey's been great, that but was, that's what I mean. Yeah. They spent four million dollars, and yeah. you look at—I mean, you look at just right under there. Chris Bryant for you know is making one hundred eighty-two million dollars. Javi Baez is making one hundred forty million dollars. <laughs> you know uh, the Verlander deal is is looking pretty good, but Rysel Iglesias, you know, they traded, he's making $58 million. Freddie Freeman's, I mean, I guess the Dodgers have money to spend, but you look at all these other teams, good, bad, or otherwise. Here's why I'm confident in the next 10 years, they're finally going to do it. I'm finally going to get to go to Cleveland, spray some champagne around, probably rip my shirt off, run down fucking Carnegie. Here's why. There's a couple things people probably weren't paying attention to. The Dolans got a new partner in David Blitzer, who will eventually he's a, he's an actual billionaire who with a B with a B with a big capital B. He's not, from what I've heard, because the Dolans the Dolans are still always going to have a part, right? But is he a Todd Bowley? But in six years, David Blitzer will get full control. As a primary, I mean, the Dolans will still be involved. And the Dolans, as much as crap as Cleveland fans want to get, and I give them crap all the time, too, I will give them this. They have run a class act organization since they bought the team. They said, we're going to keep them in Cleveland. We're going to do things the right way. They've always done things the right way. They would not partner with this guy if he's not legit. One. And he's bringing some money. So this offseason, they will. I'm not saying they're going to go sign $300 million, but what, what helps them is Jose Ramirez re-signed long-term. And players in baseball know Jose Ramirez. They know he's a superstar. He is awed by all the guys in the league. So now they know homeboy's there for the long haul. There must be something there. You know, if you're you're a, maybe a vet, right? Who wants to, to go try to, money too. Who wants to go try to win a championship? Yeah, that's maybe why you're think... going to go take less money to play in Cleveland because Jose's there. So there must be something going on. I think this past season you saw like with the Dodgers and the Padres were kind of the big the big players and right. signing yeah. signing God, guys the and Padres. Everything. We could we could have a whole show yeah, on yeah. there. That what is, have yeah. you about those those guys? Yeah. You look at the, the Braves Max. you look at Oof. the Braves in the NL in the Guardians in the AL, 
those are going to be your big players in free agency, I think, or yeah. just, just in off-season moves in general because that's where guys are going to want to go. You look at the base. You got to have a base going, guys. And, and the Guardians and the Braves <laughs> have a base going. Wait, can we get just, just to just get a, a base? Little, just to get just, a base. Just yeah. to get a base. Yeah, and I mean, you, you even look at some of these impact older guys that, you know, come to a place and, and can make a big deal. And, and you look at the Guardians, you know, six years ago, you looked at their pitching staff and you were like, wow, that's a really good pitch. Yep. Six years later, none of those no. guys are there, but they still have a top pitching staff. So I, I, I that's guess the depth, man, is the, just unreal. But I think what the Dolans have done, it's nothing that no other franchise can do, which is why I get why as a Reds fan, you'd be frustrated. What the Dolans do is they, they hire good baseball people. And they let them do their fucking job. They tell, they'll tell you that all the time. We don't and, meddle. And as you they're speak, in meetings. He's like a bull they, in a china shop. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean. They're in meetings. They're they're involved, no, but yeah, they that's, don't. That's what I mean. Is that like I think where people, it it doesn't get net. I don't think it gets brought up a whole lot, like in in local media or in right. discussions when people are having this, you know, debate about Reds rebuilding again and whatever. But I think a. a thing that people forget is that the Reds had Kyle Bodie for a little bit who you know driveline and all that very analytic very big in the the mm-hmm. new analytics and modern analytics of the game and that was when we had Trevor Bauer and everyone was real excited about that team because one the offense was good you had Trevor Bauer you had Kyle Bodie you thought yep. the the pitching was uh you still have Derek John- Derek Johnson who's still there as the pitching coach but you felt like you had this real smart team of like analytic guys. Kyle Bodie left, and there were some comments by various people within the organization, including players that were kind of, and a very interesting statement by Kyle Bodie, where you definitely felt there was a the Reds are going to move in a different direction, not Resistant. the Kyle Bodie yeah. analytic direction. And I think that's where people like. If you've really paid attention to that, you have a, a feeling in your gut that there was there was a separation of ideology there, oh, yeah. fundamental disagreement. But as it pertains to Cleveland, that's never been there, and that's it's, it's been John this quiet giant Hart. over the years. And I think what you know, what both of you have made <clears throat> points to is the depth, man. The depth is unreal within that organization. What the Guardians have done, or. And prior Indians, you think it says nineteen? <clears throat> excuse me, nineteen ninety four. They haven't won at all, obviously. They haven't won at all. But I mean, what they've done with generally the smallest payroll in baseball, except for the late nineties, where they did spend some money and were up there, is unbelievable. Oh yeah, I mean eleven. I mean, that's their eleventh AL Central title. That's what Greg. I mean, um, you, you dove into that today with uh, on Twitter with they've that been whole to thing four the... ALCSs. They've yeah. been to three World Series. They took games. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah I had all a... the stuff they've been able yeah. to do on that. Panel. I had with a I had a disagreement with with someone on Twitter where you know they were a Reds fan and they were talking about hey, unless you're a top five team in payroll, you can't do anything. Yeah. And I, I have he was a Reds fan, so I happened to highlight the Reds were twenty second in payroll. Uh, the Guardians, I believe, are 28th in payroll out of 30 teams. Yeah. And, you know, like one of those teams behind him is Oakland, who's literally trying to pay zero people <laughs> so they can kind of rebuild. Right. But, um, you know, I, I got a response back that's like, hey, if you're not a top five team, you get to throw a dart at a board every five years. But if you look at, I mean, especially the, the NL Central, and obviously you really only have 
because the Cardinals can spend some money, but not a ton of money. You really only have one team in the NL Central that can spend big money, and that's the Cubs. But you look at this year, the highest payroll in the NL Central was $10 million more than the average. And last year, the Reds were right at the, I mean, within like a couple hundred thousand of the average for, for salary. And a $10 million gap is a ton for normal people, but as far as baseball payrolls, is no, basically yeah, yeah. nothing. It's basically yeah. this one. This was media was yeah. saying Cincinnati was spending. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, you, you just have to realize it, it. Obviously, if you spend a bunch of money, you know, one year, if you're the Dodgers, spending money makes a difference because you can pay as much in dead salary as some teams, you know, as they did a couple of years ago, as much in dead salary as some teams pay in normal salary. But for most of the teams in the league, it's about process. You know, what the Cardinals do is about process. What the, you know, Brewers do is about process. What the Braves do is about process. What the, I mean, the Rays have been there almost every year, you know. And what a lot of these teams do, especially, I mean, pretty much every team in the Central is about process. Because none of the teams in the AL Central, minus the White Sox, once again, the Chicago team is going to spend money. So if right. you can find a way to just get there, win your division, because the other thing is, it's I mean, we've seen it a million that, times. Yeah. It's a crapshoot once you get there. Yeah. Baseball is the one sport, especially with it's the short as the series play, where it's when you play. Yeah, it's you can be the sixteen. Yeah. So looking at it, you know, payroll is obviously something that can get teams above other teams, but it's not a crutch where. You can't make the playoffs, especially when, you know, six of the 15 teams are now making the playoffs. You can at least give yourself a chance. Yeah, and you brought up a great point, I think, with the Cardinals, which is what Chris Annanetti said three years ago. He said, when stuff about Lindor and all those guys came up, he's like, we want to build a program. He always calls it the program. We want to build a program like the Cardinals built. A, a mid-level, low-market team who... I mean, the Cardinals for like 20 years were always oh, competitive oh yeah. and won a World Series every like five, seven years. That's what the Guardians are doing. They they, they never rebuilt. They reloaded. It might be a down year or two, but then they came well, back. So it does, and it then, does seem like it's And their down years are like 81 89, and 81. Yeah, 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 or something like that. Yeah, and that's what, they're, that's what the Guardians are trying to do. I think that's what the uh, Rays mentioned, that, and they're doing that. I mean, you're seeing all these teams do that. I think it's very... The Kessleys just back up and give their baseball guy and hire some good baseball guys and just do. And I think I like what the Reds did this offseason. I think if they stick to the plan, it's yeah, going to be a long haul because yeah, the Reds are they're headed in the right direction. They're a complete as bleak as it may seem. The Reds right aren't now. a reload. Yeah, the Reds are a teardown. Yes, there were the there were there were the Indians were in 2000, 2001 when they tr- let Jim Tomey walk. Jose or um, yeah. Uh, Ramirez, you know, May Ramirez, they traded Bartolo Colon. They were a complete teardown because they're, they're, we were bloated. They couldn't resign these guys. They had no minor leagues. I mean, that's what they're doing. And I thought their, uh, their deals right at the deadline were amazing. And I think if they stick to the plan, just got to write it out, man. Yeah. So I, I guess to end this segment, uh, looking at the Guardians, obviously the Reds, I mean, First question, just just for you, Josh. Uh, right now, uh, the Reds are at ninety nine losses. I believe they're beating the Cubs right now. They got three at home. They're up two to nothing. Do the Reds finish with ninety nine losses, or do they finish with a hundred losses? 
Uh, did, no. They need to sweep the Cubs to get to uh, 99. Yeah, uh, if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said, no, they'll uh, they'll make it. They'll be fine. <laughs> but, you know, they're going to, you know, I think 100 losses is going to happen. And look. Oh, Larissa's done, by the way. Yeah, LaRusse is retired. Yeah, he's uh, retired. Unlike uh, another guy that terrorized my childhood, uh, who I have watched plenty recently and could not be happier for him and him still smashing home runs into the playoffs. Uh, happy trails, Tony LaRusso. <laughs> but uh, to, but just just to highlight, on just one good note on the Reds. Uh, in the 24, one. 24 combined starts since the All-Star break, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft have a 2.8 ERA, 2, uh, 2.28 opponent batting average, and 10.3 strikeouts per nine innings, 16 quality starts out of the 24 starts. You have a good base in the rotation, and I think that is what has lacked in every other rebuild is that you don't have a youthful, solid rotation. You might have that one hopeful guy that you're like, wow, Homer Bailey could really be something one day. <laughs> Johnny Cueto could really be something one day. Well, okay, that's... Uh, no, 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 that's different. Uh, Luis Castillo yeah. could really be something one day. And yeah, yeah. Scott well, Feldman yeah. could really Castillo's, be something. Castillo's an example. You know, you, you never really built upon that. Now you have a bit of a core rotation going forward into next year, and I think that's what makes Aaron it... Aaron Harain could really be something. <laughs> that's ridiculous. But I think you have something going into next year. All right. Well, to finish it off on the Cleveland side, as we mentioned, the three seed likely playing Tampa could still potentially play the Mariners. Uh, I would like to ask, Zach, what what would be a success for this year? Is already making it a success? Because I feel like he said, uh, making it as a success, I'm I feel like be greedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winning, winning the first round, I feel like would be a huge boost into next year, and I feel like oh, would, yeah. would make this team um, even hungrier. Uh, if you told me at the beginning of the year, I said making it for sure. Yeah. Um, and then how far do you think they'll make it? Now I think I think there's, it's okay as a Guardian fan to have an expectation to make it out of the wild card and be a little disappointed if they don't. Um, I expect them to make it out of the wild card. You know, after that, I think it the- would shock me, man. After 2016 and being being able to be a part of that and watch that through every game, um, it wouldn't shock me if they made it to the World Series. I'm not calling that because I've also seen the letdowns of 17 and 18, and I think they're a team that they don't match up well for other teams, but there's also not a matchup that you like for their team because there can be at times a very struggle to score any kind of runs at times. Um, and so, yes, for me, it's get out of the wild card round, maybe put up a fight against the Yankees. Yeah, I think that's a good year. I think honestly for Cleveland, I, I would, if I had to you know put money down, I would say they probably make it out of the wild card series. I would say the Yankees series is going to be a long series regardless. Mm-hmm. I would still say probably I would take Houston in the AL. And oh, nothing yeah. against any of those teams, no. but I, I just feel like Houston's the best team. But I feel like sure. either the Yankees or the Guardians would take it, you know, in five games or something, probably get beat by Houston. But I feel like, even, once you, like you said, even if they make it out of the wild card, 
That's, that's successful that's year, and I feel like it builds on a team that could exactly. win 100 You're games building. next year. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's where I'm at. Yep, 100%. Yeah. You, so, got, you got Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill. Like, you can you can win a wild card. And you card. got some yeah. young guys who are studs. Potentially come up and I will say the one problem is you're going to have you know you're not going to be able to quite set your rotation against the Yankees, yeah. but you do have Garrett Cole who's terrible in the playoffs. I right, like you said, the only the one team that I feel like could really match up with Cleveland pitching wise is Houston. Yeah, so I feel like that. I mean, that like I said, I don't. Or, it would really shock me if they made it. it they're yeah. almost wouldn't. they're almost five hundred with Houston, but yeah. I, I was just looking and like. They just they Cleveland, struggle Cleveland's with the Yankees. only God. under three hundred against three opponents all all season. They got they got swept by the Giants, mm. uh, and then uh, they got uh, Boston. They only went they went two and five against yeah. Boston, uh, but yeah. but the the run differential wasn't close there. But against the Yankees and the Mariners, oh. man. Well, hey, not but, but good who also took there. two out of three in L.A. Yep. Sure. Ah! And you have, like Greg mentioned, you have those weird baseball postseason things like where said, some guys' stats just flip on a dime. I'm not going to call anything. If they make it out of the wild card, I'm happy. Anything beyond that, it wouldn't shock me, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, I told you. No. But the, you know what the good news is? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the Guardians, or at least Friday and Saturday, yeah. Guardians are playing baseball. And ooh, the ooh, best part, we'll be here to recap it. Monday night at 30 Racket Sports. Guys, we're going to finish the show as we always do with our shout-outs. First, of course, always to our faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of 30 Racket Sports. And also, Ohio City, Cleveland's own Saucy Brew Works for their IPA that we are sipping on, their juicy IPA that we're enjoying uh, this fine evening. So, uh, Zach, we'll start with you. Who are you shouting out this weekend or this week? I'm shouting out mine, Williams, man. Homeboy, uh, he's been the dark horse of the backfield for the Buckeyes for three years. Uh, finally got a time to shine with Travion Henderson out. Um, a guy I love, you know, a little meatball, basically 5'8, 225 pounds. High the high center, five touchdowns on the day against Rutgers. Really carried the show after the uh, passing offense looked a little bit sluggish. So, uh, shout out Mayan, you know, kid from Wentwood, Cincinnati, uh, was very under recruited. Uh, originally committed to Matt Campbell at Iowa State, high state, after losing out on a bunch of five stars. Swooped in last minute, offered him, he signed, and uh, you know, just congrats to him. He's just uh, everything you hear about him through the program. He's a really hardworking kid, and that's amazing. That's awesome for him. Uh, Zach, this might surprise you, but my shout-out is is going to a former Buckeye. Ooh. A uh, Buckeye that unfortunately uh, had some some health issues, was going to go into the draft, ended up pulling out, ended up uh, transferring to LSU because they were out of scholarships. Uh, seven Banks. Oh, seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a young man who got uh, injured on the opening kickoff against Auburn. Mm-hmm. And in what, what might be the just the least class I've ever seen out of a conference getting called for targeting while he's getting carted off the field by the <laughs> SEC refs. Sounds like, uh, but, uh, worried, uh, you know, obviously back injuries, uh, nothing yeah. you want to, you want to screw around with. So it was carted off the field, taken to a local medical center in Alabama. Uh, thankfully just diagnosed with a, with a, a spine bruise. Oh. 
he'll be out, you know, five or six weeks. But for a young man that had some NFL, you know, dreams. Two years uh, ago, he was a projected, yeah, first-round pick. Well, unfortunate. last year he was supposed to be in the draft. But That's what they, I mean. They, they, yeah. yeah, they found he had, a, he had a worse hip injury than what they originally thought. Yeah. He was going to try to come back. Ohio State didn't have scholarships, so he transferred to a place that, you know, yeah. obviously with the, with the coaching turnover. So just, you know, good to see a guy obviously played, you know, pretty well in that, that Ohio State defense. Could use him right now. Um, just happy to hear he's okay after yeah. what was a, a very scary moment seeing him getting uh, yeah. carted off last yeah. week. But good to know that, you know, it was uh, very spot. much um, very much not as bad as it could have been. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, my shout-out is uh, going to – I'm going to kind of wrap it up here and do a couple of Ohio shout-outs. Uh, one, to a man who we mentioned on the show who's done a great job uh, with the offense uh, for the Cleveland playoff-bound uh, Cleveland Guardians, uh, who played for yeah yeah he played a he played a, a good season at least for each of our teams the Guardians Cubs and Reds Chris Valleca ah uh, nice. and then I was a coach for the Cubs so also going to give a shout out to uh, our boy. Got uh, the Buckeye, one of the Buckeye wide receivers who's going off in the NFL right now. Chris Olave yeah. got his first receiving touchdown in uh, over the pond uh, early morning. Across the pond, isn't it? Who yeah. threw that touchdown pass to him? Is that, is that your boy? That's my going to be my third uh, shout-out. Andy Dalton, who went 20 for 28, Andy, Andy. 236 yards and a touchdown. But, uh, yeah, Chris Olave, four receptions, 67 yards, and the goal line touchdown reception. For his first touchdown, Andy Dalton in the looks like a guy who will be a toy villain in the next Toy Story. Dandy Andy. He kind of looks like a GI Joe uh, villain almost. Yeah, Speaking bit. of uh, rookies in the NFL, I don't know if you saw Sauce Gardner's stats. Boy, uh, dude has allowed like three catches so far this season as the primary defender Whew. has been absolutely on fire. Should have given up a, his first ever touchdown to Donovan Peoples Jones. Was overturned during the Browns game. Is there a Gardner but... Island or a Revis Island? I, don't know. Uh, I, I think, I think might people be. forget. Dude by is the way. iced out. I was watching a documentary on Revis and then those highlight years. People forget how amazing he was. Oh yeah, right. And I think Sauce. I mean, he's at that level. It's like no, but I mean, going like, I'm, just, I'm trying, trying to, to shout out Darrell Revis Sauce. a little bit. People forget he got like Mark Sanchez there, to almost a Super Bowl. That's what I mean. But people forget how long. I've never. I, I think looking back after watching, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a lockdown corner like that in my life. That was crazy. Oh, no. Especially, like, a guy that, once again, you could leave off, like, man-to-man island. You, most didn't of those even, guys... you, didn't even, you didn't even put him in place. You were just like, why would we have 10 players? Oh, yeah, don't worry. Doral's just going to guard our best yeah. receiver, and he's just going to chill. Yeah, that's crazy. He'll be out there. So, uh, out there. Out there. Shout out to the Bearcats. Shout out to the Buckeyes. Both got some wins. Shout out to Darrell Revis. Who yeah, I, I had think to get Darrell in there, man. I saw get... like a little mini documentary. Uh, I was like, talking about October baseball. Shout yeah. out October baseball. And back in Ohio. Shout out to. Lake. It's going to be cold as fuck. Shout out to <laughs> October <laughs> baseball not being in New England. It's because be even they do not. They do not. Guys and men are, do not want New England Nobody anywhere in near. Nobody wants oh, New England. It smells, Nobody. Get out of here. Apparently the Irish smell funky and are a weird gold color. Take your Boston tea and your Tom Brady <laughs> elsewhere. So once again, shout out to all the listeners of 30 Racket Sports. We'll be back next week. Be sure to check out our Who You Got on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For Zach on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. 
for the married man on the ones and twos, Josh. Celtics suck. Oh. If you Ooh, want to team England, Josh, uh, with an NBA comment. And for the final, rare. speaking of NBA, for the final shout out, shout out to the Adelaide 36ers who beat the Suns last night. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. Bye, Peace. Greg.